This is the Ron Perti Show. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. I know uh, I said it was over, but it never really is. It probably never will be, and I'll get into that in just a, a few minutes. Um, I just want to, I just want to kind of say uh, that I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little upset that uh, you have all this stuff going on with uh, this, this hurricane named Irma in the south in Florida doing its thing, and no one's making IT crowd jokes. No one's talking about how their Aunt Irma's coming to visit for the month or for the week or whatever this month, however that kind of stuff works. I don't know. I am male. Nor do I, I care to, to understand it. It's just something that happens. Be on your way. But uh, it's hard for, and I understand it's a horrible tragedy. I understand that. But it's hard for me to feel bad for people who decided not to leave. If something bad happens to you, and you were told by a government official to skedaddle, and you skedonted, I can't, I can't exactly feel like uh, you made a smart decision. I'm not exactly sure your brain was firing on all pistons. But let's be honest, those people aren't even the worst people. The people who want to shoot into the hurricane, they want to fire bullets into a hurricane. Into... Into a hurricane. I don't... I mean, things are bad here in Wisconsin, too, because we have Sheboygan, and Sheboygan is an awful, awful place. And it's our Florida. It, it, it's, it's, but I never heard of anybody up there shooting bullets into a tornado. That's like spitting into the wind. Is your, is your brain malfunctioning? And whoever told them to do this also has some mental problems that they need to address with a psychiatrist at their next possible convenience. We need to fix the mental health problem in this country by getting these people to stop shooting into a hurricane. And I can just imagine. I mean, I just stand there, look at these people with semi-automatic rifles just shooting into a hurricane. I'm going to get you. You ain't going to kick me out of my home, you son of a bitch. I got an AR-15, AR and I'm going to make your windy existence hell. It's just, it's. I can't, my brain... My brain hurts. Uh, which kind of leads me to why the show is back. Uh, I have a hard time deciding on things. It's 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 proof positive. Uh, I keep thinking, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to hunker down. This is what I'm supposed to do. And I try to do it, and then I second-guess myself and think, maybe I should be doing this. And it usually takes someone that I trust, someone that I've known for a while, to sit me down, slap me in the face, kick me in the ass, and say, hey, you know, focus. And I was kind of having a bit of a mental breakdown over it. I, I I, I just didn't know what to do. But hearing from a few people about liking certain things that have come out, like, I, I, I appreciate all the, uh, um, warm words over the Toby Hooper episode. Um, 
I didn't want to have to do that. Just like this episode, I didn't want to have to do about uh, Len Wein. And we'll get into that with Tom Carnell uh, in just a little bit. But I guess... And this is going to sound so vain, but I'm being real with you right now. I'm going to try and be as transparent as possible. I guess... I guess I have a tough time focusing on what matters when it comes to the creative side of my life. And I have so many things that I want to do that I just don't sit down and and look at what comes natural for me. And that's this. This comes natural for me. I, I may have to wrangle a few interviews here and there, but I don't ever have to I don't ever have to, to answer to anybody at this point. I don't have to try and, and, uh, yeah. I mean, I have some plans in the works for podcast stuff, like theater of the mind, Mercury theater type stuff. But, uh, yeah. I think, I think I know what I'm supposed to do. Um, so there's that. Um, uh, after the break, we're going to talk to Tom Carnell about the late, great Len uh, Wine, the creator of Swamp Thing and Wolverine and the, the our, our comic book icon. Uh, and after that, we're going to have some music by Hot Coffin. Man, this is a little thinky, a little depressing, too. We'll be right back. I eat flat waffle for breakfast. This episode of the Ron T is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Ron Show. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So head over to audibletrial.com forward slash Ron Show today. So uh, as, you, as I said before, we lost another great... Uh, mind in the creative world uh, we've lost so many and I hate having to keep doing these tribute shows uh, I love having the guests on but I hate having to talk about it and to sell, help me celebrate Len Wein uh, the author of No Flesh Shall Be Spared and Moonlight Serenades and he's one of the hosts of the Bonus Material Podcast Tom Carnell, Tom thank you so much for coming on Hey, uh, thanks for having me you know, I, I wish it was on a different occasion, but thanks for having me. That's like the third or fourth time I've had to hear this in the last two weeks. I wish I wish we could talk nah. on better terms. <laughs> but uh, now, yeah, yeah. Uh, we uh, a lot of people are, we talked about this a little bit off the air, but uh, we've lost the both creators of Swamp Thing within a month, a couple of months of each other, and that's kind of uh, they weren't exactly old. Well. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it, it, people's age, I think, shifts. You know, uh, Len was 69. So, you know, when you consider that 100 years ago, we were 35 and done. <laughs> you know, it's like, what is what is old? You know what I mean? I mean, 69 is more and more is young. Um, Bernie was the same way. Uh, uh, but I think part of all of this stuff, I think, is that we, as we get older... And as we mature, our, our heroes start to fall away, you know. Um, pretty soon, I hate to say, I'm, I'm, I'm substantially older than you, and I'll say that. Uh, it, you start to notice it more and more and more as the people who you respect and who are and sometimes your peers 
are um you know pass away and and it can be profound because it's the death of art right in yeah. some even in some small faction it's the death of art yeah it uh, it's it's uh, it's kind of hard to uh, especially if you're a creative type you know you you look to these people for inspiration and even if you don't meet them like i never met george romero and i regret that and, mm-hmm. but i feel like i would have fanboyed out and that you know, I, I mean, I've I've had I, I don't like being I don't like being that guy to toot my own horn, but I've had some decent sized celebrities on the show, and I didn't freak out when I had them on, you know. And I'm just kind of like if I had mm-hmm. met George face to face, I probably would have lost my shit. Yeah, I hear you. I totally hear you. You know, when back in the day when I was doing Carpenter Magazine, we talked to just about everybody in what what you would consider the dark art world. Um, but the person I geeked, I mean, lost my shit over was meeting uh, a, a, an old Canadian singer named Gino Vanelli, who I'm a big fan of. And uh, I met him and I lost my shit. Why? Because he was important to me. You know, I was a fan. And um, I think you get to be indulged now and again to, to geek out. Geeking out is fun. And I think being geeked out on is fun for the people that are being geeked upon. <laughs> <laughs> now, getting getting into Len... I mean, even the people who uh, are casual comic book fans, they have no idea probably how much what they're reading now was because of him. The guy did, uh, I, I can't even uh, go into everything. Um, he, he was the editor. Actually, I'm looking at his. Yeah, I'm looking at it too. And he went. He, I, I was going to say. I'm looking at his bibliography and it's, and it's bananas. The yeah, stuff he's, he's done on. everything. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I mean, he even, I did, he, follows... he even did the before Watchmen stuff, which was meh. Yeah, well, I mean, we all when you have this kind of a breadth to your bibliography, they're not all going to be stellar. You know, you you sometimes you do things. You know, you you you, you work with a story and it comes out the way it comes out. Um, you know, uh, so they can't all be they can't all be home runs. But on the other hand, it's the longevity here that's just so amazing and and at this point wine is is like is like you know chris claremont or or other comic writers of the day who who are are legendary and are now the people who artists of today are stealing from right they're uh they're they're writing like frank miller they're writing like you know what you know whatever have you like len wine or chris claremont or peter wade or any of the, any of those comic guys you know John right. Byrne, if we want to get, if we want to slump, <laughs> deal there. <laughs> I mean, if we have to, I mean, but uh, the, the the thing about Len, uh, Len, the thing about Len is that he didn't just do comics; he did TV too. He did a lot of animation, like uh, he did uh, for fans of Batman the Animated Series. He did, you know, uh, Blind as a Bat and uh, Part Two of the Demon's Quest, and uh, those are some, you know, some, well, I mean, I'd be hard pressed to find a really bad episode of Batman the Animated Series, but. Um, a lot of the things I agree, a lot of these people who are just casual fans don't realize that, I mean, okay, he's known for being one of the co-creators of Swamp Thing. And that's probably the, what would end up that, or the fact that he helped create Wolverine and Nightcrawler and Storm and Colossus. I mean, those are integral characters that are still around today. I mean, this, this man is, I don't, he's, ah, do I dare use the word underrated? Uh, well, I think he's, I think he's, uh, he's ever present 
amazing, right? Mm-hmm. I was I I was at least in the comic book store. Look at look at a book that he was working on. You know. Yeah. It's 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 just so, crazy. Yeah, it's... I I I think it's. He he just wasn't a guy who who I mean he did the comic cons but he did he wasn't out there you know, pimping. <laughs> well, yeah, like I went to a con in I went to a con in Milwaukee and I didn't even pay any attention to who was on the poster because I was just looking for back issues of comics and uh-huh. sure as shit I walked right past Larry Hama, and I'm like holy yeah. shit! So I go over and I talk to him and we didn't even talk comics. We talked about the fact that he was on Mash for an episode. Yeah. I had no idea. We were talking wow. about MASH. We That's were the key, about right? Comics. Yeah, exactly. You find something that you sneak in there and you talk to him about. Uh, like when I met Jay Obar, yeah. all we talked about was uh, how he was glad Jason Statham wasn't playing Eric Draven in the remake. But um, that's all besides the point. Um, oh. Yeah. Let me, let me pull. Well, my... you hear it. You hear it. They're talking. They're, they're talking Jason Momoa now. Oh, God. <laughs> which, which makes my butt hurt. Wait, oh. the crow's six foot four and two hundred and eighty pounds. Really? Wait a minute. And, and <laughs> that doesn't make any kind of sense. And, and he speaks monosyllabically. <laughs> no, I give credit. Jason Momoa is a fine enough actor. I just think that it's he's a he is what he is. He's this big giant guy, and it's so funny to go, yeah, yeah, we're gonna put him in tight pants and and give him a guitar, and everyone's gonna say he's a musician. Okay, sure, yeah. I guess, but. Mm, you know uh, the the thing that made the crow work is that it was otherworldly, right? It was a skinny, skinny person who couldn't physically do the things that he was doing, but he was doing them because of the magic of the crow. So, well, that's like you know when it comes, I don't know when it comes, just a, it's in Sony's hands now. Exactly, have at it, Sony. You fuck everything else up. Um, <laughs> the one thing though, before we get before we get back to Len about Jason Momoa, I have I, I preach this to everybody I can who will listen when it comes to Justice League. He he feels so out of place because I feel if I had if I was at Warner He's... Brothers casting, I would have not cast him as Aquaman. I would have cast Alexander Skarsgård as Aquaman. Huh. Well, at this point, they I think they what did they okay they had to salvage Aquaman's image, right? So why not make him Aqua Bro? <laughs> Which is kind of what Jason Momoa is. He's a he's a Hawaiian dude, and, he, and he's totally aqua, bro. When there's that scene that there, it's all over the trailer now, when he's riding the parademon and he lands on the roof and slams through like four stories of building, and then kind of jumps out and shakes his hair off. Come on. Well, and plus I think if I, I heard, I think I heard, aqua, bro. I think I heard him going woo as he was flying down. Yeah, he does. Oh Jesus. Does. Yeah. Oh, so man. I, you know, I get it that they're they're they're. they're they're making it. They're making Aquaman cool. So sure, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I I, I do understand though that they're they're having a lot of trouble with uh, James Wan's having a lot of trouble with the um, Aquaman movie because the logistics of filming underwater are are really hard. No, yeah, really hard. I remember back on. <laughs> I know. I remember I was on on the set of Case Thirty Nine and the. Producers there were trying to get together a Namor the Submariner movie, and they were saying that all the test footage they did, it looked weird because like furniture was start floating, and you know, because if you look at the Submariner and, and Aquaman, it's 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 our world just underwater. But when you do that, you've got things like load, and you can't have paper, <laughs> you know. So that they they were they were trying to work it out, and then ultimately the film never got made. 
Yeah, have that parchment float over to me. Yeah, that, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> so when I cut, getting back to Len now, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the focus yeah. of this conversation, stupid Jason Momoa. Um, I do that. I go all over the place. Oh, no, that's fine. I go all over the place. It's, it's what we, it's what we do on our show. And I, I, I just kind of get used to doing that. Go ahead. Oh yeah. No, I listen. I've, I've listened to your show. I know. Um, and it's, <laughs> I, but, the, but him, him playing Aquaman just bugs the shit out of me. But, uh, getting back to Len, you know, the talented one, um, we're not talking about uh, Adopteraki yes. here. Um, what do you think deep down when it comes down? Because I mean, plus there's Human Target. Let's. I don't know if you were a fan of Human Target at all, but uh, I uh, I was a big fan of that. I thought that was a, it was a fun concept, and uh, it was just mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't a big brainy concept. It was just kind of a, 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 a you know here this guy's basically a stunt double for people, you know, and I love that about him. And the guy, I mean, uh, I just can't. I, I can't fathom that he, I mean, granted he did have major surgery. What was it? Two years ago. He had like a triple, but was it a triple bypass, double bypass? Mm, quintuple, no, quintuple bypass. I, oh, wow. Yeah. I had heard that he, even as a, as a, let's see, it says here in two, I'm looking at, at something on the internet. Uh, in a 2003 interview, Len Wein recalled he was a very sickly kid. And oh, well, so yeah. maybe he'd been been frail all his life, and quadruple bypasses are no joke, man. Yeah, um, that's not that's they're, not they're, they're, they're survivable, but it's it's a it's a game changer for sure. Oh yeah, know? yeah. I mean, and and so, I I haven't heard it yet, but I guess he did uh, commentary for the Justice League New Frontier animated movie, and I think I think that oh cool. I think the New Frontier is one of the better DC stories. Um, and, and Darwin Cook, that's another one. Jesus Christ. We're just, they're just dropping mm-hmm. like flies. Um, and it's, 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 it's hard. I, 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 I hate to go on the internet anymore, but let me ask you this. Um, did, was there anything that he did from a, not from a comic standpoint or anything like that, that you looked at, um, and, and just kind of drew a little bit of inspiration from? Uh, I remember a um a Conan that he did, um Conan the Barbarian. I want to say one. I don't. I could only, I don't know the number. One fifteen something. One sixteen. Um, uh, and I love that because I was a big Conan head growing up. And um uh uh shit. I'm thinking here. It was one sixteen. It was one sixteen. Um. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but again, you know, I'm looking here uh, on his. It's just everything, every big one. A lot of Batman here. You got, you got some House of Mystery, Green Lantern. He's so he seemed to be like sort of a like a. We have a spot to a, a spot to fill, and you drop Len in, and Len saves the day, and then he moves on to something else. He's like a utility player. Thing. I don't know. I'd love to see a swap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Swamp Thing. I'd love to see a Swamp Thing film, but you know, we the, the history, has, you know, historically, we haven't gotten that one right. Um, but I'd love to see it in the hand of someone really visually stunning, like a Del Toro or a Tarsum Singh, or um, uh, someone who would get the mysticism of it all. You know what I mean? Well, we almost did when Del Toro was supposed to do Justice League Dark, but. I I think if you took Del, yeah. uh, if you took the, all of all of Del Toro's ideas and what he's going to work on, 
and the stuff. Yeah, that well, he, yeah, that, that, he that, does a lot of that yeah. Barker stuff. Yeah, yeah. Barker, Barker does that too. He he kites things. You know, Kevin Smith does it too. He kites things and sees like, hey, I'm thinking about doing a, a, a this. And he sees how people react to it. And when if they react positively, I think they use that as evidence. Like, see, people want this. Um, um, but I don't hear a single bad thing about Del Toro's new movie. This uh, What is it? Spirit in the Water? Uh, oh, Shape of the Water? Yeah, he actually won some award. Uh, Shape I mean, of the Water. Yeah, he won some award in Europe. Yeah, but yeah, what, yeah. what do Europeans know? Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and speaking of a good, a good swamp thing, uh, I don't know how big you are on animated stuff, but if you get a chance to watch justice league dark, um, swamp thing shows up in that mm. and he's so good. I mean, oh, it's cool. just, and, and, and Constantine is it's, great. It's such a, mm, yeah, it's such a melancholic character. It's, it's kind of like Dr. Manhattan, right? The, the weight of all, all knowledge is so great. That it just sort of beat you down, you know. It's yeah. uh, good stuff. It's just so good. Yeah, and and, and I um, think that I think that people need to the next time you bitch about how Wolverine's dying or Wolverine's dead or Wolverine's showing up in every book. I mean, you can blame mm-hmm. Len for it, but then at the end of the day, when you enjoy that book, when you enjoy Wolverine showing up in every book, then you have to go ahead and thank Len again. Because the guy, mm-hmm. he, I think, uh, you know, go, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think you hit it on the head just a second ago. It, I, the, the, the phrase utilitarian player, yeah, that really rings true to this guy. Because there's lots of him plugging holes or starting things and handing them off to somebody else to, to, to work on. You know what I mean? Um, uh, uh, and, and looking at, I think, the big picture of what, um, respective publishers wanted to have to, uh, done, um, but it's that's I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't do, imagine. Yeah. Do, now, do you think that Swamp he's going to be most remembered for Swamp Thing or for Wolverine? Well, I, well, at this point, I'm going to say Wolverine because it's got a bigger cinematic presence. Um, if someone, if they did a Swamp Thing film or even even like a, a series like a lot like American Gods or something, um, that might change. But I think both, you know, Wrightson is mostly remembered for, for Swamp Thing, but but you look at the breadth of that guy's career and Swamp Thing is just a, a, a part of a bigger, more rich whole. Right, right, you know, right. Wrightson, Wrightson's, Wrightson has stuff that is, to my eye anyway, absolutely breathtaking. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, and uh, his passing was just as hard. I have a buddy who's a huge Swamp Thing fan, and he's on vacation. Mm-hmm. And I, I had, I'm like, hey, did you hear about Len? And I told him, he's, and I, I got the fuck you because you know I ruined his vacation. No. But you know that's what I do. I, ru- uh, I, I ruin yeah. people's days. It's what I do. <laughs> but uh, I want. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say with Ryan. I interviewed him once for Fangoria and the county fair on his phone and behind in the background, you know, on the phone line, you could hear like pigs, <laughs> pigs snorting. And, and he's like talking about what he's seeing during the interview. It was so weird. I get a lot of that. I had Danny Trejo sing to me once on, on my on my phone. Well, that's OK. <laughs> 
All, all right. That's that's. <laughs> yeah, the, he, uh... he was going. Yeah. He was going someplace, and I go, where are you going? He goes, to see this band. And he goes, who is that? And he goes, who you seen? And he said, Baby Bash. And I go, I don't know who that is. And he goes, yeah, you know. And he started, he sang the guy's hit song. It was great. I can only imagine it was a very, a very throaty rendition. Yeah, in fact, I remember the, the lyric that he sang was, I'm going to do a terrible Danny Trejo impression, but he's like, baby, baby, why you looking so fly? <laughs> That was actually all, more, that was a good Danny joke. Trejo. That was a good Danny Trejo. Thank you, thank you. Um, um, and I thought that's a ringtone right there. <laughs> I'll take that as a ringtone for at least a month. Yeah, I, I, my, I still have uh, the the uh, the Goblin Dawn of the Dead theme as my ringtone, and I'll oh, forget, nice. I'll, when I'm nice. in public, when I'm in public, I'll forget to put my phone on vibrate. So like if I'm like I'm in the grocery store, oh sure, I'm in the grocery store. And there's some old lady in front of me with you know counting her pennies, and all of a sudden you hear boom, oh, yeah. boom, and she freaks out. <laughs> it's, it's so awesome because I know it's coming because oh, I... I feel the vibration, and then the phone kicks off, and it's just <laughs> like oh shit. I uh when just recently my wife in fact made me change this. I use as a ringtone. Go to any ringtone thing and type in the word woman screaming. <laughs> and so like when your phone goes off, it's this blood curdling <laughs> scream. And it's great. You're in the bank and they appreciate that. Oh, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. So yeah, I want to yeah, thank yeah, you coming yeah. on for talking about Len, uh, Len Wine and, and, and celebrating his life. And I would like to uh, let you go well, ahead. Think... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I think in the end, you know, Len is one of those guys who is going to be remembered as, as you have said, the, the utilitarian player, but also as someone who who brought, you know, I'd like to think something more than just guys in their underwear. You know what I mean? Right. You know, fighting in the streets. It's something that had that, like, especially Swamp Thing, the, the resonance on Swamp Thing is so great um, that uh, if you haven't read it, man, what are you doing? You got to yeah. you got to You got to you got to do, get your hands on all of that stuff, but yeah. specifically one through thirteen, which is, were the ones that Len worked on. Exactly, exactly. Now you have to go back and 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 finish editing your book. What's is this? This is a sequel to No Flesh uh, Shall Be Spared, right? Yes, I. came out and that was good. That had a uh, some uh, story called Clown Town that I'm pretty. There's a couple things in that that I'm really proud of. That and a. Love story called well, "When I Fall in Love." Uh, String of Pearls is at the publisher now. It's another collection. I'm I'm mark aping these after fifties um, detective novels, kind of a thing, and pulp. Um, and then the work, book I'm working on now uh, is a sequel to "No Flesh Shall Be Spared" called "Don't Look Back," um, and it's kind of a run and gun. It we, we sort of uh, drop our hero back into something and. Uh, it it just he starts running and shooting things and it just keeps going until the ending. I will say that um, uh, it kind of sets up a third one before I die. You <laughs> 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 well, I die too, and you're doing a show on me. <laughs> oh God! Oh boy, who would I have on for that one? Um, I'll have Langley on for that one. <laughs> How about that? I have Langley. On. Langley knows me all too well. Lightning knows you probably better than anybody. <laughs> That's it. I'll, I'll I'll get a hold of him right now. I'll be like, hey, so when Tom dies, you're coming on to talk about him, right? And we'll just set that up. <laughs> we'll, we'll set that up right yeah. now on the yeah, air. Yeah, he'll have all he'll have all, 
don't have a lot to say. Uh, well, uh, Tom, <laughs> he punches you. me on a regular basis. Well, there you go. Tom, thank you so much for coming on the program. It's been a blast. Thank you. Well, that was a nice talk with Tom. Tom is uh, a good friend, and he's been on the show before, and I'd love to have him back when uh, the new book comes out. Um, now I'd like to introduce you all that haven't heard them before to a band that will be playing McCullough's Pub right here in Racine, Wisconsin on September 22nd with uh, my friend's band, uh, Dead is Dead. It's Dead is Dead's uh, album release party, uh, McCullough's Pub, the 22nd um, at 9 p.m., I believe. Uh, and this is Hot Coffin. And uh, I'm I'm a really big fan of these guys. I really really like uh, this this new album, and uh, I'd like to share some of it with you. So off of their uh, off of their new album, which isn't new because it came out last year, but here's Whistle Hawk and Spit, and we'll be right back. Yeah, it's the 
That was Hot Coffin with uh, Whistlehawk Spit. Uh, don't forget to check them out with Dead is Dead at McCall's Pub on the 22nd of this month. Or, if you've missed it, that's on you. My bad, I guess. Ah, yes, don't forget to check out greetingsfromron.com. It's got links to all the social media stuff you need to check out if you're a fan of this program. It's a couple of back episodes. Also, don't forget, if you are a fan of this program and you want to help support it, head over to patreon.com forward slash ronperty. And uh, as for as little as a dollar a month, you can help um, keep things afloat. The show is free, and it's always going to remain free. But knowing that there's people out there who love it that much, uh, I... Uh, I, I'll love you forever. Uh, also, if you go over to greetingsfromron.com, if you click on support the show, there's an option to not do a uh, rolling monthly donation uh, through Patreon. You can just make a one-time uh, donation, too. Um, any Anything helps to keep the lights on, but I do this because I love it, and I know I have a knack for it, and I know that you guys are enjoying it out there, too, so don't don't pretend you're not. Because you are. I know you people. I know, you especially. Yeah, you right there. Yeah, you know what I'm, Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. And uh, the new, new way the show is going to go is Monday and Friday. There's a new episode of Friday. I'm going to talk about my experience at the Texas Chainsaw Massacre double feature at the Avalon in Milwaukee. That ought to be fun. I might even get some audio uh, and then see how that goes. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>